Wow. I thought clapping was hard, sweating for Jesus. I don't know how y'all were dancing, sweating for Jesus. Uh, so if you don't mind, I'm just going to take this off and, you know, in a moment. But I, before I do, uh, the title for today's message is, They Aren't Your Kids and You Aren't Their Kids. They aren't your kids, and you aren't their kids. And, and what I want to do is two things. I want to encourage men who are tuning into this. And I say tuning in because you could be sitting here not tuning in. Right? So men who tune in. And then two, I want to provide hope to those who feel or were or are fatherless. Or at least hope to those for whom respected men have let you down. Some say that, that next to Christmas... Easter and Mother's Day, excuse me, the weekend after Christmas, Memorial Day, Labor Day, Father's Day is the least attended church in the calendar year. That's why Mark asked me to preach. But in all serious men, for you to show up says something about you. And so I want to encourage you, I want to give you hope. And, uh, you know, when I think of first word association, I want you to yell it out. When I say this word, just yell out first thing that comes to your mind. Mom. Yeah. Oh, come on, Dad. Oh, I didn't get it. Yeah, Mom and Dad go together. Give me, give me a character trait. Mom. Yeah, what they said. Dad. Oh, you hear people laughing? You know what I mean? Like, they didn't do that for Mom. So, here's a joke. I got jokes. My dad got me this shirt. It says, Dad Joke Loading. Right? Which I understand, because he gave me a dad joke about a dad joke, which is clearly a dad joke. Sorry if it's too informal, but I figured with a gray shirt, it's good that I have sweat marks, too, because that's classic dad. I will say, Mark, and, and I know you can be like, oh, he got jokes. No, I'm just being honest here. Thank you for the book. Ladies, you can be encouraged and want to encourage your men to read it because it's written by a woman. <laughs> yep, Becky Thompson, right on the top of the book. So thank you. Women, you can encourage. Sister Meek picked that one out, didn't you? It's okay. It's okay. We're grateful. But isn't it interesting, dads get a bad rap because we are thought of as dad jokes. I, they used to be Laffy Taffy's when I was a kid. And, and now they're like this demeaning, like, oh, dad jokes, roll my eyes. And you're right, Cyrus, what Billy Graham said. It's like, men are so important to our society. So important. And, and um, I gotta be honest, I, I don't like preaching a topical message. And so I like the word to talk. I like for it to come out. But, but this was a really cool exercise over the past few months to really say, oh, what, what is going on here? Um, we lift up the word of God extraordinarily on Sundays. That's what we do. We worship. I mean, you can think of like ancient people worshiping things. And what do we do? We lift up the word. And we say, God's speaking here. And so I want to bring some of that to you. I think given the time, I don't want to bring too much because that whole tune-in thing, 
We'll tune out real quick. But I have a unique passion for this. I told my wife two things 20 years ago when we got married. Number one, we will never start a business. And number two, we will never do foster care. Thank you, pandemic. We've done both. I'm not kidding. It's crazy. Why would you do that? I know so many people transitioning in jobs and in homes and in areas. It's crazy. So the only thing I'll say, uh, sometimes I used to feel guilty whenever somebody told me they were a foster parent because I'd be like, oh, I don't want to do that. Maybe I should. But the only thing I'll say is this. Uh, last year, maybe it was this time, a little before, a buddy of mine said CPS cases, Child Protective Services, were down 70% from April 19, April 2019 to April 2020. 70%. What that means is little kids were at home without mandated reporters like youth group leaders and teachers and coaches and after-school program directors, and they were getting beat 70% lower. When I heard that number about a month or two later, I just told my wife after prayer, and it was like, we have to do this. We talked to our kids, and it became a family ministry. It took about seven, eight months to get through the process. And folks, the pandemic's not lifted yet. When it does, Lord, help us and pray for kids. Um, so God nailed me with that set. Our three teenage kids, my wife and I, prayed. And uh, we went through the process, and we now have a girl and twin boys. All three or five at our house. We live in a 1,200-square-foot house. Eight people in there is kind of tight. But you know what? There's something about following God. And I think I've learned a ton about parenting, about fatherhood in the last few months. And that I'd like to share. Again, they aren't your kids. And you aren't their kids. Earthly fathers will let you down. Number one. I want to give you hope for the fatherless. Earthly fathers will let you down. Jesus said, you know, which one of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, is going to give him a stone? Luke 11, verse 11. Or if he asks for an egg, you're going to give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, what? Well, he's talking to Pharisees. Though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give you good gifts. Matthew 7 says that. It's interesting what Luke says, and we'll get to that in a bit. So the first thing is, earthly fathers will fail you. Number two, only one father will never let you down. God the Father. Isaiah 41.10, it's as clear as day. Fear not, I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I will strengthen you. I will help you. It's used a ton in the Old Testament, but I figured, you know what, let me just search the Gospels. Because I think the Gospels, we want to know what Jesus says about this. In the Gospels, Father is used 300, over 300 times in the NIV that we use. Over 200 of those times are talking about God the Father. You know, there's like, this was the Father of this, this was the Father. Not including those, it's over 200 times. Over 130 of those times, Gospel of John. Jesus talks a lot about Father. So much so that it can almost be confusing. So hope to the fatherless. Jesus gives it. He gives it big time. Even though he says things like, you know, you fathers know how to give good gifts to your children. 
But, do you? What's the greatest gift? Now, we'll get there, we'll get there. Uh, here's another fact, I think, for the fatherless. Glory is given to the Father. And we think about history, and we think about people who know people's fathers. And the question, who's your daddy, comes up. It is a big deal in the Old Testament. It's a big deal in the New Testament. It's a big deal in our society. And some fathers who aren't in the picture will swoop in and be like, oh, that's my kid. Some fathers, if you're a basketball fan, uh, Mr. Ball, uh, what's his name, Lamar Ball? Yeah, he, he just, he, you know, it's not about his kids. It's about him. And some people will swoop in and, and they'll try and say, hey, this is, uh, this is my glory. But here's the thing, only God gets the glory. And like you said, Cyrus, with, with, with that idea of, of unsung heroes, we don't get a lot of glory. We have to be okay with that. We have to be okay with that. And if your father has stolen your glory in any way, it's not real glory. Because only God gets that. Only God gets that. You know, he got glory in the weirdest of ways. The glory he got, he got through John 3.16, right? God loved the world that he gave his, he gave up fatherhood. He gave it up, his only son. So whoever believes in him shall, shall not die, but have everlasting life. Because God didn't send his son in the world to condemn the world. We, we forget John 3.17. He didn't send his son in the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Jesus, who is what? This sacrifice. We think of Abraham in, in Romans. It's going to talk more and more about Abraham. And all it, you know, when we think of Abraham, he gave up his son. Yeah. The one he waited for until he was 100. It was about ready to kill him. What? PG-13R, sorry parents, but that's the reality. And what happened is what? He's now the father of many nations. And, and so, interesting that the glory is giving up fatherhood. That God put down his right as a father and said, this, this is my kid, but I'm going to offer him to you. To you. Jesus is the only way to the Father. Um, you know, Father, God, Jesus, God, Holy Spirit, God. When we say God, we often mean the Father part of the Trinity, right? So we got God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And when we say God, we typically think Father, right? It is revealed in us in Scripture that He is three in one. And there's no better place. And, and honestly, I looked up every verse in the Gospels, and then I came across this, and it just kept coming up. And so I have to read it for you. I'll pause on a few things. But John 14, read it later. Highlight the word Father, because it's all over, and it says what I just said. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. I'm going to keep going down because there's a question asked by Thomas. Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You've probably heard that, right? No one comes to the Father except through me. Through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Phil's like, Lord, show us the Father. And that's enough for us. Jesus says, have I been with you so long and you still don't know me, Philip? Whoever's seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? 
See, Jesus is one with God the Father. But then, but then he says, the, the Father who dwells in me does his works. But God does them through Jesus, the Christ, the, the, the saving one. Believe me, he says, I am in the Father and the Father is me. Or else believe on account of what? The works themselves. Jesus says, look what I've done. I mean, all of you can give testimony to what God has done. And if you can't, just open your eyes. Because God has done amazing things. Just like they prayed at the beginning. God, your creation. Oh, so many things. So many things. Later he says in verse 13, I'm going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. I would keep going, but for the sake of time and sweat, I'm going to stop. So the first thing is, look, you have a heavenly Father. There's hope to the fatherless. There's hope. And now I want to give some encouragement to me. Because if you're anything like me, fatherhood is confusing. Especially when we talk about God being a father. I, I watch my kid develop their daddy issues daily. It is not fun. But like saying, sorry, Matt, and just, Matt, your wrongness is what it is. That's what fatherhood is. And anybody who tries to tell you otherwise, like I'm going to try and do, is foolish. But I'm going to try anyway. Fathers, there's different types of fathers. There's fathers who have biological children, right? But there's fathers who I've met, many I've met, who are in prison, who aren't with their kids. And you ask them to tell you about themselves, to tell them about, you ask them to tell you about themselves. And the first thing they'll say is their family. They will say their kids. If your dad or anybody you know has been in prison, I guarantee, I have one guy, Adrian, he just got out actually, I got an email about it. He's got three kids. I don't think he's met any of them. But he told me all about them. Like, how'd you find out? I'm like, don't tell me how you found out. I don't want to know. But he knows them. And when he, the first thing he talks about is those kids. Even if you just pay alimony or not allowed to see your kids, you're still dad. You're still father. And there are still things you can do. Even if you run away and they're your bio kids, you're still dad. There's other kids, right? There's kids you adopt. There's, there's kids that mar you marry into the family. They're step, half, whatever, your kids. Uh, my, I, I am so humbled. When my brother died four years ago, a guy came into the children's life pretty quickly thereafter. And he's been there. And I, Landon, Losey, I admire so much. Those aren't his kids. And yet he loves them like they are. To God be the glory, and I know my brother be proud. That's amazing. That's a gift of God for me. And he doesn't even know that. That's amazing. And I think men who do that, that's powerful. You are making a difference unlike anything else. Those kids would have had a father. And no one can fill that void. No one can fill that void. But you being you can. Sometimes marry the family. Sometimes they're friends of your kids and they wind up in your home sleeping on the couch and it turns into a bedroom, right? So sometimes it's nephews, nieces, relatives. Sometimes it's just a father figure. Now, young people, 
you're under 18. You're thinking, oh, dude, this message ain't for me, or I want to I hear it later, right? Eric's sitting there like, I'm not a father, I'm scared. But here's the deal. There are people in here right now, Eric and others, who are looking at you as a male role model who they want to be like. There are men, there are cousins that are younger. There are, are little kids across the street. There's kids in your classroom who are putting you down, and the reality is they want to be like you, or they want to one-up you. Otherwise, why would they put you down? We've all had, you can think back, adults who are 65, 80, they know. We, we don't forget some of these things. They, they could be people on gaming systems that you're playing with who are looking up to you. They have no idea what they look like, what you look like, but you're gaming with them, and they're looking up to you. Maybe they like your handle, your avatar, I don't know. People look up to you, and as men, there's an opportunity. I bet there's somebody in here who thinks you're cool. I mean, Matt kind of confessed. You are kind of cool, Jamal. It was loading. It just took a while. Sorry. It doesn't matter your age. There's male. There's father figures. And here's the thing. And guys, maybe you can get this with me. There, there's, there's different ways to feel. You can feel confident. Like, yeah, that's right. You know, your daughter spikes the girl ball on another girl's head or blocks, and you're like, that's my girl. And then she gets spiked on, and you're like, that's her mom's. Yeah. She got that from you, honey. There's that confidence. There's that pride. But there's also another side of the shame that we don't talk about. In mental health and other things, I mean, I just, I watch my girls develop daddy issues daily. And my son. But you're right. It's how we talk to them. And, and, and I, I, I wrote this. I don't know if you've got that slide, Mark, or not. But that's okay. I, I drew something three years ago, and, and, I, and it... I was just broken. It was Father's Day. I'm sitting in church and I'm like, I hate this. Because I wrote, I give the idea that God is Father difficult to see that it's good that God is Father. I give the idea that God is Father the difficulty or making people not believe that it's good that God is Father. But it is. And it's really hard as a dad to be able to say, I take this and I make it, that this is what I want to aspire to be. But kids, you're looking at it going, if that's what God's like, I don't want to be like that. They aren't your kids. They're your daddy's kids. They're God the Father's kids. In some ways, we need to let go. You can tell Matt when he gets back from chasing kids around wherever. It's okay. Your job is ministry of presence. Being there. Staying faithful. That's what our job is as men. Why? Because what did I read in Isaiah? He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do we feel it? Yeah. Do we see God right here? Not all the time. If a dad's not present, can we still be blessing? Yes. 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 And so... For as difficult as it is to wrap your mind around the fact that God is Father, and you do not live up to how He is Father, let go. Let go. Let God be God the Father, and let you be Dad, how God's created you to be, in whatever capacity that is. So I have a little bit of advice, okay? And then I'll be done. A little bit of advice. Proverbs has 22 mentions of fathers. 
So I do a search on my little program, and then I say, I want the search just in context. Like, I just want to know what's it talking about. So 22 times it's mentioned. I did the same thing with the, the study of the Gospels. In the context, it was the entire book. <laughs> it was just like the whole thing. Like, how, how does that happen? Well, my advice is read Proverbs. It's great for fathers. Number two. Number two. Love and respect and serve their mom. Even if you're not with her. Love, respect, and serve in any way you can. I know a man, uh, a sister-in-law, great, great mom and dad. He buys her flowers every year on her birthday. I'm like, dude, you're not even married. You're married to another girl, and she's married to another guy. How does that go down? He loves their mom. You can love without having attraction or emotional. You can even love when you really don't like somebody. I think Jesus said something about loving your enemies. <laughs> love and respect their mom, even if you're not with her. Number three, ministry of presence. Be there. Be there. I got so upset on Friday at confession. My wife's like, hey, the boys had a visit with their family and it got canceled. Can you do something for them special to make up for that? I was at work. And two projects had to get done by the end of the day. I still had one. She said, I'll take you to the movie. I'm like, we're going to drop 50 bucks. Because we're trying not to let these kids out. Really? Come on. Just being there was incredible. She told me later how much they were talking about the rabbit talking. And I was sitting next to this person. And Mr. West was here. And... Just be there. Be there. Ministry of presence is amazing. Chaplains know that very well. Here's the biggest one that I came across in my experience with foster care. Remember that not only your children are not your own, but your life is not your own. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Now, really easy to say, but I've never experienced the recall of that verse as I have in the last four months as a foster dad. Because when I get interrupted when the Phillies are beating the Giants, and I have to be pulled away, it's not often that it happens, so it's rare and I want to celebrate that. And I get pulled away because it's the one kid saying this and the other saying that and, and I'm going are you serious? Ah! It's not my own. It's not my life. And they're not your kids. They're God's. We step in. We have to steward them well. We have to be there. It, you know, for me, it's been interesting because I got three bios and I got three fosters. I have held a higher standard for my own biological children. And for these other guys, I'm going, well, I'm not their dad. Like, almost like it's less than. This is true confession, right? So it's almost like, oh, well, yeah, they're struggling. That's going to happen. I think I need to do this. The low standard here, I need to bring up slowly. And I was talking to my wife about this yesterday. And the high standard, I need to bring it down a little bit. They're not my kids. And just because they're not my kids doesn't mean they're not my kids. Here's the biggest one. Men, 
suffer well. Your kids will see how you suffer. If you start talking bad about whomever and the kids hear it, guess what? When things don't go your way, guess what they're learning? How to throw people under the bus. Suffer well. You can't teach your kids much, but the one thing, well, you can't teach your kids a lot, but the one thing we don't focus on in our helicopter parent culture is teaching our kids to suffer well. Suffer well. That sounds, you know, martyrdom theology, but my kids know. All right, I didn't suffer well through that. They're like, Dad, you're weird. But they will remember that life will bring suffering. And how we handle it as men is going to set the mark for the rest of their lives. So if we suffer well and we respond well, that will be a change not only for their lives, but for society. What do we do? We complain about stuff if it doesn't go our way. Get yourself a straw, suck it up, and suffer well. The most you can do for your kids is pray. The most you can do for your kids is pray. There are so many amazing parents. I work in a seminary. I cannot tell you how many professors and even some of our highest administration whose kids have run away from the faith. And I don't understand why. Some kids do, some kids don't. They're not your kids, but you can pray for them and lay them before your heavenly Father. They're not your kids. But the most you can do, you can teach them to suffer well, you can do all this kind of stuff, but they're still not your kids. You've got to let them go. And kids, if you're in here or adults who have parents, you're like, man, they jacked me up. It's this fault. It's that fault. Man, I had, I had, I had parents, and we've had a number of foster kids now, and they come and go. We've said no to some, yes to others. And all. One, one parent was like, man, I was in this system, and this system, that's why my kids now are in the system. What did they learn? To blame the man. Right? So we don't want to be like that. We want to own it. Own it. Suffer well and pray. Amen. My favorite verse for my kids, I tell them, is 3 John 4. It's right. It's only one chapter, so you don't even have to say the, the one. Almost done here. I got one bit left. But it says this. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear, it's not see, it's hear from somebody else that my kids are walking in the truth. And that is so true. And sometimes you might hear it at a parent conference, or sometimes you might hear it down the road, or somebody bragging about your kid, like, if you really knew them. But even still, there's no greater joy than to hear that. Am I right? The Word of God doesn't lie. So last thing, I'm in therapy with my two kids. Two of my kids, right? So I'm doing what my wife does for a living, but it's really different hearing about it than doing it. So this is called PC Care, or PCIT. UC Davis does a great training program, world-renowned. My wife went through it, it's awesome. Here's what it is. You've got five skills. I sit on a mat with a kid for four minutes, I think, and they count the things I do, right? It's just like evidence-based practice. I know it's church and this is kind of scientific, but you know what? It works. So here's what I do. They count five things. They count the labeled praises I do. Praise. They count the, the reflective statements. Now this works really well with young kids under six, seven. 
And, and so what they do, I just praise them. Wow, you took that car and were so creative with that. Wow, hey little man. Oh, I loved how you made that train track. Hey, oh, I love how you were gentle with that princess. So labeling these praises. Two, reflecting, but not as a question. So little man who I can barely understand, it's like interpretation trying to figure it out. I'm like, it's so hard not to be like, oh, you did that with the car. That's not a reflective statement. But when he says, look, cargo boom, cargo boom, suddenly there's an attachment. It's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. But you reflect the statement. It's like listening. Reflect. Oh, so what you're saying is. Now, you don't have to be all therapeutic about it. But you can just be like, hey, oh, wow, you're doing this. Third thing is imitate them. When your kids do something well, you do it too. That's really cool. It's amazing how well it works. It's amazing. Number four. Describe what they're doing. I would say for kids under eight, describe what they're doing. Wow, you're moving that car along. Wow, that princess went up to the third floor of the dollhouse. Great job. So, so describe what. And the last one is this. Enjoy. Enjoy your kids. That's all this stuff relates to moms and dads, but enjoy and tell them that. I just had all those beautiful trips. I went to a baseball stadium in Miami, and I went to Tampa last month. To see the Phillies with my dad and my son. It's memorable. Really memorable. And, and, you know, we had fun. But I'm wondering if I told my son how much fun I really had. And I really enjoyed just spending time with you, dude. Did we tell our kids that? I don't know. Super practical stuff, but label praises, right? Reflective statements. Uh, um, Imitate them, describe what they're doing, and enjoy them. Enjoy them. Man, children are delight, like quivers, you know, arrows, boy, good stuff. Pray with me. God, a lot of this stuff today just brings up all kinds of hurt. Talk about fathers, we, we, we all have issues. Men have disappointed us. And so, God, I pray for those who are hurting today. God, you give relief, process, but you'd also give them hope. That God, even though we have earthly fathers, you are our heavenly father. You gave up your son for us, your children. Thank you. Thank you, God. And God, for those of us who are fathers feeling overwhelmed, like Matt said, help us, God, to just stay the course. You are the way, the truth, and the life. Help us to follow you. God, give us patience we don't deserve. Change the patterns we've developed over time. Help us to, to pray for our kids. That's right, God. We, we want to have the desire to pray for them. Give us the passion to pray and the follow-through to do so. God, thank you for these men to come here today to worship you, to hear from your word. God, bless each and every man who hears my voice so that he, God, might know that he's doing everything he can in this moment to follow after you. Lord, we lift you up as a heavenly father and thank you for Jesus, your son. And thank you for the spirit that you give us. We have to walk faithfully. We have to walk and suffer well. Help us, oh God. And thank you. Amen.